You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 347. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's show. I am here on a pop filter. (laughs) So happy. I think this is going to be a bit clearer of audio than I've had recently when I've been using my tights as my pop filter. So there you have it. Hope you enjoy the audio clarity a little bit better this week. But before I get into our Flow Diaries episode for today, I have a few little announcements. One, Inner Voice Facilitator Training is starting again soon, our third official round of it. We've done the beta round, and then we've called the other one round one, which I'm now just going to switch to round two, just for simplicity's sake. And now we're starting our third official round of it, March 15th. And we're actually literally this week having some discussions on Team Lively about possibly doing a fun, possible extra thing right before IVFT for people that are participating in that and possibly Cocoon also. So if that does take shape, I'll let you know more details on that possible extra bonus thing that we may be cooking up as well. But for now, I can say that IVFT is looking to start on March 15th, maybe with the squad leaders, maybe meeting up a little bit sooner than that. But yeah, so excited to have you guys join us if you want to become an inner voice facilitator. Some people choose to do this for their own personal connection to their own inner voice. It deepens you so strongly. Just like yoga teacher training helps you get so much better at yoga because you're spending so much time understanding it at such a deeper level. Similarly, IVFT helps you get into your inner voice for yourself so much better. But then other people in the group that have already graduated so far do it part-time in their own lives, you know, pay part-time, and some of them are even full-time. So the choice is truly yours to take it and adapt it. A lot of coaches use it and bring it into their other modalities that they're also working on. So that's also an available thing if you are interested in just deepening your ability to help your clients at a deeper level in whatever area of life. This is truly so helpful to help them get out of their own heads and find the answers within themselves for their things and then the plans that they can enact from their inner voice. So like I said, if your intuition feels it's a fit, you can now register over at justlively.com slash IVFT. In addition, we also have the IVFGs, which are the Inner Voice Facilitator Grants. We have a few of those grants that are now open. Applications we're taking until February 15th. So you can still, as the time that this is airing, the applications are over at livelycommunityfoundation.org slash IVFG, not T, but G, because it's a G for grant. Fill out the form in the application. Those that receive grants will be doing inner voice sessions for those. We're actually focusing on the population of consciousness transitioning into this physical reality and out of this physical reality. So grant participants will actually, in exchange for the grant, be doing free sessions for people that are either pregnant and welcoming new life into this reality to help that transition be smoother for both the mom and baby. And then also for terminally ill people that are in potentially a leaving of this form and physical body into the non-physical. So that is the other population we'll be serving. So basically helping to have inner voice connection into life and out of this physical form. In addition, lastly, collaboratories. You guys, the drop-in sessions are growing. I'm so excited by all of the different one-hour-long collaboratory drop-ins on so many different topics. It is so cool to see more and more people are starting to take the classes. And if you want to use the collaboratory drop-in class pack option, that is a great way to save money and do many. You could do three or six class packs or classes of drop-ins, and you just pick which ones you want to apply that discount to, but that's also an option. So head over to jesslively.com slash collaboratory, or you can find it over in the Lively Community app, which now has 1,600 people in it and growing. Okay. Now let's get into the Flow Diaries 2021. I think the last Flow Diaries I did for you guys was at the end of last year. So now I'm looking at what? The beginning of February. So we can really look at the first five weeks of 2021. And I can tell you, I had no idea. No, no idea. I had no intonation or even desire to figure out what 2021 would be like for me. I just truly rolled into 2021 just like it was any other week or day. It didn't really make a big blip on my personal radar, although I know a lot of people were excited to leave 2020 behind. I just didn't really have a big story about either year, to be honest. And that's really weird for me because Jess, the character, 
years ago used to love doing the New Year's intentions, the values-based intentions I used to do and the letters to my future self. I loved being in my mind and visualizing my future reality. But now I just don't even worry about it. I just am in the flow of whatever's coming next. And if I had had a vision, I could tell you this vision of what has actually happened is literally completely different than what my mind would have picked but it's actually worked out really well. It's just completely different than what my mind would have selected. So let me give you guys a rundown of what happened. So at the very beginning of the year, like right at the start of the year, I got COVID, which was a big surprise. I have not shared too much personally about COVID in my own life. My grandfather's had COVID in his nursing home. Thankfully, he's doing well. But even if he wasn't, I am so excited for his transition whenever he chooses to make it. So, I mean, I you guys probably know this about me by now. I am excited by all transitions in and out of this reality. I see the graduation of this reality out of the physical form, but I don't see personally, I don't have any mental or inner voice or any fear. I'm truly excited for my own transition. So anyone's transition is exciting for me from my perspective. I know that's still rare on the planet as a whole, but that's truly how I feel. I feel like I've spent probably a lot of time listening to channels that also speak to this type of like viewing of consciousness in and out of the form, like the collective who we had on last April talk about death and also COVID. So if you want to go listen to that episode, it's fascinating. But I just personally, I'm I'm just like very excited to have that transition. I'm excited for more. I'm excited even though it's completely unknown. And even though I have no physical human proof, I just have no fear. And I'm just truly excited. So anyways, all of this going back to say, I got COVID and I was not afraid or worried about having it. My inner voice always told me right from the beginning when I asked it questions, it was like, you're not going to die of COVID back in you know March. So I was like, never personally concerned, but also I just you know did the rules, the places I were in to follow the rules that were requested of me, but I just didn't overthink it or overstress too much about it other than just doing what I needed to do to be in the area I was in. But otherwise, like COVID itself, I just didn't have much of a story around. And especially when I got it, I was just like, okay, well, this is interesting. And I didn't resist it. My mind had no negative story. And I totally trusted that if I had it, there was, you know, something for that. I didn't make a big story out of it, but I definitely did not assign it a negative story either. And I know everyone's COVID experience is completely unique to their own reality. So I have so much compassion for whatever everyone's experience has been, but this is the flow diaries of this character. So I'll just share from the character of Jess Lively. Getting COVID was actually a real gift. And I've seen it happen right as I went through it. But even looking back on it now, I can really see how that was an actually positive for me personal experience. But like I said, I have tons of compassion that that's not everybody's story, but it's just mine. And it would be false for me not to just say that because then I would be hiding my actual reality. It wasn't fun to be sick. If you're curious, I didn't lose my taste or sense of smell. I just basically had flu symptoms. Like the heaviest symptom itself was the headache I had in the first few days, but thankfully paracetamol totally knocked that out. So as long as I had paracetamol to deal with the headache in the first two or three days, otherwise I was quite fine. I did have a cough, but it was interesting because the cough itself, I had zero discomfort in my chest or my throat, but I somehow weirdly had a cough that wasn't constant, but it was just there. So I definitely know what an irritated throat or chest feels like, but this was completely interesting and unique in that way. But otherwise, it was a lot like just being really tired and sick on the sofa for 10, 12 days. So that's what I did. And as I was on that sofa, the first appreciation I had for it was right at the start when I just slowed down. Because as you guys know, I was here in Hawaii the first four and a half months of the lockdown. So like March 15th to about early August, I was in Hawaii. And a lot of you guys know that. And the first few months I was really busy with things with inner voice facilitator training launched and just like doing a lot of things online and like getting things done and growing a lot of new things through the team and so forth. But then things really slowed down and I really went deep into myself for the second half of that time here in Hawaii. And while I was there, I had some really deep, deep, deep realizations as things slowed down so slowly and I allowed myself to be away from so many people and really step back from the online presence. And it was incredible. And then after a deep while of that, I felt like getting back into the world and kind of dipping back into the, the faster frequencies of city life and Europe and so forth. So then I went over to London thinking I would get a visa for London, but that ended up being five weeks later. Lisbon, as you guys know, and I've been in Lisbon from September with the visa process until recently. 
So that was all happening. And while I was in Lisbon, I met loads of new friends. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of adventures. I really enjoyed being back in the world, so to speak, but with this new perspective. But over time, things got faster and faster. And I was not as connected to that stillness within me that I cultivated so strongly in the first place in Hawaii. So when I got COVID, it was really interesting because it was the perfect entryway to slowing right back down from 100 miles an hour to zero miles an hour. And I really appreciated that because I immediately got, it was so much easier to get still when I my body was still and it didn't want to move. And it wasn't, you know, itching to go out there. My mind wasn't thinking, oh, I should go see friends for lunch or go to dinner sometime. I was just happy to be totally alone for 10 days completely by myself. And I love that. I watched Bridgerton, which was kind of enjoyable. and such a pretty fun video on Netflix. And I just spent a lot of time going inward and a lot of stillness. And I loved that. I loved it. And then while I was in that stillness, Hawaii kept popping into my awareness. And of course, I first, I just associated it with all of these like reminiscing ideas and remembrances of Hawaii to the slowdown period because Hawaii was this big slowdown and here I was in slowdown in my apartment. So I kind of thought they're similar, but they actually weren't the same. Actually, what ended up happening is eventually after about a week of getting all of these flashes of Hawaii showing up in my awareness, it finally struck me. So it finally popped into my awareness after like this week of kind of coming in and coming out. And I kept saying, yeah, 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 I get it. I'm slowing down like Hawaii. It finally occurred to me that maybe this whole vision of Hawaii is not just trying to remind me this is like Hawaii. Once I was feeling better and back on my feet and like I was out of the COVID period, it finally occurred to me, well, maybe this is actually showing up in my life because I'm meant to go to Hawaii. Like I have, I never considered that at any point up until that moment, but I was like, well, maybe that's, I don't know, like maybe that's what it's like leading me to. So I called two people that day right away. One, Dory, Dory, dear Dory, in her guest house is where I stayed for the four and a half months last year. So I called her because I love the guest house. It's right near the nature. I can watch the wind and the leaves and the trees. I know the area quite well. The family, I feel like the funny aunt or cousin that pops in sometimes (laughs) at this point in my amount of time I've stayed here. And I was just curious if I was to come to Hawaii, of course, I'd prefer to be in the guest house. So I called Dory to see, is the guest house even available? Because she often does have family and friends in town. So I didn't even know if it was even a possibility. And lo and behold, it was until mid-February. So that was interesting. That was open. And then I called, of course, my lawyer in Portugal, who has become my mentor, my advocate, my really wonderful person on so many levels, not just the visa, but just like helping me find my way in Portugal. I really appreciate and respect her and just thank her so much for everything she's done for me. And so I called her because, of course, with my visa process, I didn't even know if she'd recommend it or think I should or could, or I had no idea at this point. I knew I was allowed to stay in Portugal because of COVID and Portugal, by the way, like spiked. So I had like maybe three or four days where I was able to go to restaurants after having COVID and being out of COVID then Portugal locked everything super, super back down. And so as I was looking at that lockdown period in the winter and the cloudy, gloomy weather, and I'd already done at this point, two to three weeks of total isolation and possibly going into one to two, three months more of total isolation, I was open to doing it because again, I was making my house a little ashram. I was just like really going deep. So I was like, well, something interesting is gonna happen. If I stay in Portugal and I go through this isolation, if I go from January to March, if that was, you know, how long potentially Lisbon was totally locked down, I was like, that is going to be interesting not to see people for that long, except at the grocery store. Like what is going to happen to my consciousness? Something's going to change or shift. I mean, that's just inevitable without amount of time within oneself. But at the same time, this Hawaii thing kept showing up and like wouldn't let go. I would even ended up calling my friend Erica because she lives in Maui and I had seen her last year. And so just with Hawaii on the brain, before I even thought it might be a call to go there, I just called her because I was like, I can't get this Hawaii thing out. Let's, let's call a friend from Hawaii. But in talking to the lawyer, she was really the one that I wanted to see what she said, obviously, logistically, visa-wise, et cetera. And she said, immediately when I told her, I was like, well, would that even be a good idea with the visa? I don't even know. And she goes, if I were you, I would do it right away. She's like, yes, I would do it. She's been, obviously, she's Portuguese. She's been working with a bunch of different clients that are expats trying to move over to Portugal. 
So she knows a lot about like how things are running from an administration level, from a medical level, from a lawyer visa level. She was like, yeah, if I were you, I would go. If I had that opportunity, take it. And I was kind of surprised at her very robust response, we could say, because I was pretty detached. I mean, I was really enjoying my little ashram day Lisbon. And so I was, you know, just kind of at a, on almost a whim calling her about this. It wasn't like a desperate cry to, to escape the lockdown. I was just curious. And she was like, for sure, if I were you, I would. And it, even in an interesting way, kind of in support to the visa, it wasn't required because of COVID to actually be on shore when the visa was lodged, but it was typically under traditional circumstances, part of the the visa process for the D7. So for me to be here while we lodged that visa, in a way, was just even following protocol. Although with COVID, I could have easily chosen to stay because of extenuating circumstances of COVID lockdown. But she was saying, for sure, go. Now, what's also interesting, the same day I make this little revelation or make these two calls, and I will say, I think that's part, if you want to learn about the flow diaries of how I do things, I kind of I'm like a cheetah sloth. So it's like, wait, 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 wait. And then eventually there's kind of a knowingness and then the, the sloth becomes a cheetah. And then she like runs a million miles an hour and makes a big change. And I actually think that's how cheetahs actually live. I've heard like they're still 88% of the day. And then for three seconds, they're the fastest land animal on earth. But otherwise they're pretty much still or just not that fast. And I feel like that's very much similar how flow has worked for me over the years as I've honed that ability to feel into the intuition, not always just using the inner voice, but just using the intuitive knowingness within myself without needing verbal confirmation. I can actually feel the body when it says yes or when it says no. So as I finally got out of this whole idea that Hawaii was a memory I was remembering, but thinking it might be calling me into Hawaii, those two calls, I was very detached. I was like, let's just see if the guest house is available. Let's just see what the lawyer says. Those two calls being very positive was very interesting. And at the same time, that same day, this other story was happening simultaneously. The Detroit condo that I had, which you guys have heard about here on the show over the years, sold. And that was actually a really flowy situation. And I Looking back on that entire experience of having that Detroit condo, it served me so beautifully in so many unexpected ways. I could not have imagined when I bought it. And I'm so glad I didn't know all the ways it was going to serve me when I bought it because my mind couldn't have held all of what was going to happen. In its mind, it probably wouldn't have been able to buy it had it known what was going to happen. And the only way my mind thought to buy that property was completely convincing itself that it was going to live in it and that it was going to, I don't know, get married in it and have kids in it one day or something. It just like thought it had to be a permanent decision or move in order to do all of that. Because I literally, when I bought the property, was on the way to London, just like Lisbon, I was on the way to London to get a visa and then something showed up. And that thing at the time in 2018 was this Detroit condo that a friend sent me a listing for. I happened to be able to see it 20 minutes later. And I told myself, if this flows perfectly, I will get this. If it does not, I will leave this and I'll go to London and I'll get a visa. But it flowed perfectly. And I actually really feel into Clotilde's episode, which I always reference when it comes to properties or just like flow in general, because her inner voice in that episode, you can go back to listen to. Oh, the episode, she had purchased a property out of Rush and even a year and a half later, still having difficulties with that property. And her inner voice and the bud said, that's because she bought it in a rush energy. And so it stayed at that frequency throughout the experience. And so this Detroit condo only came into my life because it was like a hundred out of a hundred in terms of flowing ease and perfect alignment. And it actually stayed that way through like, I would say like 95% of that entire Detroit condo experience was truly a hundred out of a hundred. It wasn't a hundred out of a hundred for the entire, let's see, 2018 to 2021. It wasn't completely flawless, but was it very darn close to being completely flawless? It really was. I was like amazed at how so many things lined up in that experience, including the sale. So I knew that the renter who had been renting it while I've been traveling was going to want to move into her own house one day on January 1st. So I knew to put it on the market at the end of the year to see if it could sell for after she was done living in it. And so we actually did get an offer. The offer came in and I, it was a line number, just like my purchase, but at a different number. And I knew I wanted to get out what I put into it. And of course, with the real estate fees, that's actually at a profit, but the profit goes to the real estate agents. But I was like, I at least want to come out with what I put in without counting the real estate agents fees. And it totally worked out. They met in that price point that I wanted to break even basically on the money I invested versus what I was getting out. And 
They also offered to move in on the 15th of January, knowing that it was going to be rented until the 1st of January. So I had two weeks for my friend Jess to be amazing. I paid her to just manage the move for me while I was away because she lives in Detroit. And that day that I called Dory and the lawyer, I actually also was supposed to have the movers come. And Jessica was supposed to just be there on site for the movers to pack up my Australian furniture and some of the pieces from Detroit that I didn't want to take with me so that they could one day get shipped off here to Portugal or wherever else I have a house. So they're putting everything into this moving container. What happened was I found out that day before the idea to go to Hawaii dawned on me, I found out that the movers scheduled for the 11th, which was January 11th. So it was like one one. One, it was like aligned numbers. I thought that was cute. They broke down, their truck broke down. So they couldn't actually do the move on the day that we had planned four days before the sale. So I was like, okay, interesting. And they said, the next day that we can do the move is the 14th. And I said, okay, fine. You know, what can I do to be upset about this? It is what it is, but it can't not be the 14th because the 15th, the house is selling. So it's got to come on the 14th. So that worked out. Then I got the idea for Hawaii. Then I called Dory and the lawyer. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I had all the beautiful summer clothes that I bought from Cape Town, Bali, and Hawaii that I used from January of last year until August. I had all of that sent in boxes back to Michigan while I moved on to from Hawaii to London because I knew I needed fall clothes for London coming from Hawaii, but all I had in Hawaii was a bunch of summer clothes and swimsuits. So we sent all the summer stuff back to my Detroit condo, and that was in the packed up stuff that was supposed to get packed up by the movers. But if I was going to go to Hawaii, I wanted to use all that beautiful clothing I'd invested in. I didn't really want to ideally buy all new summer clothes, which I just bought brand new summer clothes six months beforehand. So I called Jessica and I said, hey, put those boxes of Hawaii clothes that you see aside. Put those aside for me. Don't let the movers on the 14th pack those because I'm either possibly going to go to Hawaii, maybe, or I'm going to just have it sent off to Portugal. Like who knows? Like who knows when I'll get this furniture out again? Who knows when I'll have a property? So even if I... Maybe this is just an idea to go to Hawaii just so that I don't pack the summer clothes and I send it off so I can use it in Lisbon in the summer. I don't know, but either way, put the stuff to the side and don't let them pack that up. But because they had the breakdown in the truck, I was able to do that. That was actually an unexpected alignment. And then, like I mentioned, I called my friend Erica in Hawaii just to catch up with her. But then, of course, by the time we caught up and she was able to catch the call a little later, she, I was like, well, I called you just because I kept thinking about Hawaii. But now that I'm actually speaking to you on the phone, the idea of coming to Hawaii is actually on my mind, which is really unexpected. And she goes, oh, well, I've been coming back and forth. She has some properties in California, but she lives in Maui. So she's been going back and forth from mainland to Hawaii over the year. So she knew the process that had happened. Since I left Hawaii, they implemented this really streamlined, I would say, all things considered, it worked out really well, this COVID testing process to come to Hawaii. So instead of having to quarantine for two weeks, like you used to at certain periods while I was in here in Hawaii, that people would travel and have to quarantine for two weeks. Now they have the negative COVID test. And if you have a negative COVID test from a Hawaii approved testing facility, you don't have to quarantine. So she told me all about this. So that was interesting for me to know. But when I looked up the website, she sent me all the testing locations that were approved for Hawaii were American-based or maybe Canada-based, but nothing in Europe. So there's nothing I could do in Portugal that would give me a COVID test that would be appropriate for Hawaii. So that was interesting because that made me know that if I was to come from Lisbon into Hawaii, I'd have to stop over at for some amount of time. I didn't even know how long or where, but I have to go somewhere on the mainland to stop and get the Hawaii-approved COVID test in order to head on to Hawaii. So like I said, this is all kind of occurring, but I didn't have a specific date in mind. It was all just kind of like looking at the pieces coming together, but it's still, it was like still sloth mode. I was just like taking these little feelers out. Things were looking positive or optimistic, but I wasn't sure. And I didn't have the knowing of when. And at the end of the day, I knew even if it's just this whole thing is just showing me that I can save the summer clothes and send them over to Portugal. Like even that would be, you know, a win out of all of these little situations. But let's just see what happens. 
Well, like I said, there's this brief window where I was better from COVID. And then right before Portugal locked really, really severely down, there was a few days that I could go out into the world and I got to see the purple property. So the last Flow Diaries, I share this purple property. Well, it's a purple building that it's in, but it's this beautiful flat that has every reason to get it. It's a beautiful location. It has beautiful light. It has a view of the bridge. It's in a great spot that's very close to a lot of things I love. It's got a property access point. So I could make a one bedroom apartment and rent that out to you guys if I wanted to, or to, you know, a long term leaser if I wanted to. And I'd have my own entrance for my own place within the place. It was just every reason to get this place. The price was really good. I could get a mortgage for the renovation project as well because it was a total gut reno. And like I told you guys last time, the day that I first saw it, two other people offers in, and I did not you know, try to chase down or, or try to compete with those people. I just was like, well, that's a sign for me. It's not meant to be mine. Or if it is, it'll be easier than that. So when the property did get back on the market, here I was in that little window before I was, everything was locked down again, I was able to see it again. And when I walked through it with the real estate agents and everything, it was still just as beautiful and just as wonderful and had all the logical reasons to get it. But even though my mind knew all of that and was mentally, emotionally very excited about it, I could tell my intuition was like, (laughs) I feel like it was like a comatose patient in a soap opera. You know, when they're on life support and there's like beep, 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 but it's not moving. There's no like activity, like the body's alive, but not in consciousness in the body. That was how my awareness, it was like, it was in the apartment. It was seeing it, but there was no knowingness. There was no intuition nudge to get it. So my mind was kind of freaking out because I was like, well, there's every reason to get it. The real estate agents were bewildered. They're like, she's just in her head. I remember saying, you guys, like, I, I know I should get it. And there's no reason not to, but I just don't feel it. I have no logical reason to give you other than I don't feel it. There's no logic behind that. And this one lady was like, I don't think you believe that. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I mentally don't believe that either, but here I am. And so I didn't do it. I didn't get it. I let it pass. So now I literally have no idea other than I'm enjoying the place I'm renting right now. It's really beautiful. I love spending my time in COVID in it. It was so cozy and warm and it's just really lovely. And I love the location it's in. It's not as grand or, you know, all the things that I could have done to this other place, but it's really beautiful and serving me really well. So I didn't get that property, but it was interesting that it it showed up again in my life without any struggle, but also not to be mine again, or at least up to this point of it. Along with all of this, this happened kind of at the end of last year. So before the COVID stuff actually happened, I had a listener reach out to me. Her name is Rita. Hi, Rita, if you're listening. She is so sweet. She lives in Portugal. She saw me once in Praça das Flores, which is where my apartment's located. It's my favorite place in Lisbon. And she happened to spot me at some point and she sent me a message on Instagram saying, hey, I think I saw you there. And she offered to help me out if I needed it in any way. And it's amazing that she reached out with that offer because I had actually been thinking it might be nice to have someone that's a local to be helpful, that speaks Portuguese really well. I haven't started taking lessons yet. I'm waiting for the visa process to continue and finalize for that stuff and to be back now in the country. So I did want to have someone that just knows Lisbon, knows Portuguese, knows like the common sense stuff that I wouldn't know as an expat or just like to be helpful in my life in Portugal. So I was kind of find a sort of personal assistant on like a little task by task basis, essentially. I know a few other people that do this with people in Portugal as well. And it's quite helpful for English speaking expats that don't necessarily know all the, the ins and outs of culturally living and speaking in the country super well. And sometimes someone speaking Portuguese or working with someone Portuguese can be super helpful in certain situations. So when Rita showed up and raised her hand, I was like, yes, would you like to do this? And she said, yes. So what ended up happening, I'll get into Rita a little bit later, but let's uh, continue on with the, the flow of the situations as they unfolded. I stayed in Lisbon for a bit in the like lockdown situation again. And like I said, I didn't have the knowingness that like now is the time to go to Hawaii. I stayed in Lisbon because I, again, my intuition wasn't telling me to go at that exact moment. 
So that was kind of all I needed to know at that point. And so that's kind of what I knew to do. But then as I stayed in Lisbon, I actually found out that the visa requirements kept changing and evolving for the D7 visa. So one of the things they added to the requirements is that you needed to have a six-month lease for your visa, which I have so much compassion for Americans that are, or anyone out of Portugal that's living outside of Portugal trying to get this visa right now because you're now supposed to have a six-month lease in somewhere in Portugal, and you're supposed to have paid for that six months ahead. I have a lease, so I pay every month because I'm already on a process I've been on. But for these other people, they may have to get Airbnbs for six months booked, or they might have to get hotels for six months, so they might have to try to find a lease somewhere. They've never been in a country they've hopefully visited, but it's just a really big requirement I'm just thankful that I had a place I already loved. I just had to extend the lease in order to meet that requirement. But I was able to do that addendum because I was easily, because I was still in Portugal at the time. So that was great. And while these like few days were going on in this period, I also had another call with my friend Jessica, just chatting about Detroit. And all of a sudden, now that we had finished up, because at this point, the property sold and done and dusted. So we're just having fun chats about skincare and other stuff. And we just started talking about Detroit and how it's doing during COVID and the restaurants that are still open and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, after all the checklisting of Detroit was over and the condo was complete, I got to remember how fun it was to be in Detroit and like how much I loved it. And my friends were there and the restaurants and stuff. And so... That was the conversation that showed me, oh, if I have to come back to the U.S. and I need to have this like, I don't know, one, two, three day kind of layover, so to speak, in order to get this Hawaii COVID test, I could do that in Detroit. Because I called and thought about my brother in San Francisco, but he was kind of busy with other things. So that wasn't flowing. And I was just like, I don't know, maybe I go to Austin. I just had no idea where to go. And then that fun chat with Jessica showed me go to Detroit. Because my initial plan with the summer clothes was if I go to Hawaii, I'll just have her ship the boxes back to Hawaii. But once we had this fun chat about restaurants and friends and stuff, I just thought, oh, well, I could go to Detroit and get my COVID test there and then get my Hawaii clothes, put them in my suitcases. And then once I get the approved negative test, I'll go off to Hawaii. So that became the obvious easy choice, but I never considered that before that period. So that was a fun little piece that fell into place. And eventually my intuition felt called to leave. The lawyer said, yes, everything worked out. I'd had the extended lease for my visa requirements, had the Hawaii clothes saved with Jessica's house. I was like, I'll go to the Shinola Hotel. I know and love that place. Everything became easy. So I booked the flight. Once I knew it was time to go, I booked in within 24 hours. I was on my first flight over from Lisbon to Newark. And even that was a nice little flowy moment. I have a friend in Lisbon. You guys have heard about him. He's the composer that did the song you listened to in the intro outro of the podcast. His name's Matt. He's British. And he used to be a travel agent in an earlier life before composing. So he's very handy when you need to ask someone for travel recommendations. And he had been flowing around Mexico for the last few months. And so he was one of the only people I knew that had left Lisbon in the recent period. And so I was curious what his recommendation was for me. And he goes, yep, just take the night flight to Newark. He's like, don't deal with layovers in Paris or London or Canada. Just go straight from Lisbon straight into America. Keep it simple on yourself with all these rules and restrictions in different countries. It'll just be easier. And because he's flown to America, he spent a lot of time living in New York for a while. He knew that flight pretty well because he'd taken it many times. He says, just do the direct tap Portugal into Newark and you'll get in at the middle of the night. So that actually streamlined my whole, like, how do I travel during this time and space reality that is COVID? And I also had got my negative COVID test. My intuition had booked two COVID tests in the same week, a few days apart, so that it gave me like a week span of coverage because you have to have the negative COVID test 72 hours in advance of travel. So I had two kind of booked in the week, like one was like a Tuesday and one was a Thursday or something. So I was really covering with the 24-hour wait time to get the negative from like Wednesday to Sunday, I think, or something like that. I could have gone on any of those days, but I didn't know if I really would or like which day I would go. So turns out I ended up knowing the time to go and then booking the flight for the next day. And I had the active negative COVID test that I needed in order to fly. I did the nighttime layover and I had a 6 a.m. flight that next day into Detroit. And it was interesting because I kind of landed, I'd asked Lindsay, who's our team manager, this was also kind of a flowy situation. She had just been in Hawaii the week before I 
was coming to Hawaii. So she had just gone through this little COVID testing for, and the system that Hawaii has. So I asked her to look up like, which one should I take? Cause I don't even know what's available in Detroit. I'm, you know, sitting here trying to very quickly wrap my head around the international travel of Lisbon to Newark. I just, asked her to help me with that. And she goes, yep, just Walgreens. That's the that's the best location for you. So then I looked up the first booking time that I could do it. It worked out perfectly. Honestly, those few days in Detroit were just enough time for me to see my friends in Detroit that I hadn't seen in a while. And I got to go to all the restaurants I hadn't gotten to go to. And one of the fun things well, fun slash the timing of it was a little off in the sense that Detroit was on the upswing and reopening very quickly. I, I missed their reopening to indoor dining by like two days. So the dining they had available at some of the restaurants I love was outdoors only in 28 degree weather, which was quite freezing, but they had heaters and like tried to like glass in the space, so to speak, so that you kind of had like a little bit of like the wind, not like straight in your face as you were eating outside. But I got to have a really nice meal with Jessica, see some friends and then take my COVID test through the drive-through at Walgreens, which definitely would be my personal recommendation is to check if you're going to come to Hawaii. That drive-through process at Walgreens was so efficient. I did the rapid test that was allowed to be approved by Hawaii. I found out the result in two to three hours of taking it. They promised you 24 hours, but I got it very quickly. So the minute I got it, we were getting back in the car from a Target run with Jessica and I was like, okay. And so we were driving me to my hair appointment, just trying to cover all the bases. I was, I was back in the city for a short while. And while we were driving from the Target to the hair salon, Village Parlor, I was looking online for flights as she was driving, found the flight from Detroit to Hawaii and then booked it. And then as soon as I did, I submitted all the information you need to submit up to the Hawaii travel website that they use for the QR code to let you into Hawaii. And so, yeah, it all worked out within 20 minutes of the 24-hour mark of uh, you're supposed to submit your Hawaii stuff 24 hours before travel. So I did so within 20 minutes of 24 hours. So all truly, truly flowed. I was just shocked. And then even the summer clothes, I have to say, I had a lot of summer clothes because I had been in summer weather for nine months of that year. And I found so many beautiful things in Bali and just really just enjoyed getting the beautiful clothes and supporting the amazing designers that are making their clothes there. So I just had a lot of options. And then it was like, all right, is this all going to fit in the suitcases? I had two suitcases and then two duffel bags. And thankfully, it all fit perfectly, which was a big relief because in including all that stuff, I also have a few little throw pillows and stuff that I got for the guest house as well. And so those also fit in there too. Yeah. Some of the like things were also just home decor objects that I had from Hawaii that got sent back to me but now are in my luggage. So yeah, anyways, it all worked out. I think it was right when I got to Hawaii, my mom sent off the visa paperwork that we needed to submit. It all got sent through to this company that was the middleman in between the consulate and us. So the lawyer and I had to submit this stuff to my mom's house and then from my mom's house to this company that's working on behalf of the consulates. They look at all your documents and then they either approve it or they don't approve it. And they'll either send it back to you if they don't think it's right or they'll send it on to the consulate. But we had been working since September to get all these boxes right. It was such a -a whack-a-mole situation. They would say, this is what we need. And then we'd send them. And then they'd say, no, you didn't do this, this, and this, which we didn't know to do. And then we'd send that, that, and that, and everything else. And then they'd go, nope, you needed this other thing, this other thing, this other thing too. And it was just this like frustration, to be honest, with the middleman company, not the consulate, but just the company that would send it to the consulate. But this third submission, we finally got through, which was awesome. And so now my 60 days waiting for the consulate to approve it is you know started. So that looks like somewhere in like the second half of March, hopefully, is when I'll get that all sorted out. And that's actually really beautiful timing for me as well, because hopefully the lockdowns and the severity of Portugal's closures right now and just their general COVID situation will improve, obviously, because that's what would be wonderful for the country, just full stop. But also just looking at my own flow of life, that time frame of the 60 days is actually a really interesting time frame. The weather will be getting nicer. Hopefully the numbers are already going down. I've already been following their, like tracking their current number of cases, because that's an indication of how soon or quickly or not quickly they'll reopen. So it looks like that mid to late March period could be a really nice time to potentially come back with the visa. So we shall see how long that actually takes. Obviously you guys will know because you'll be hearing about it, basically here, seeing me come back. And alongside of that, here's the other little piece that's kind of like up to today kind of thing. 
The other thing that I'm aware of is there's this thing that nomads use called the foreign earned income exemption. So American expats that live outside of the country, if they're in the U.S. for less than 35 days a year, less than 35 days, you can save some of your tax. You don't have to pay 100% of your tax because you're basically not in the country. So you'd have to look into this with your own accountant if you're actually a nomad yourself roaming about and you want to see if you could apply for this. But this is something my accountant's been, I've actually now working with a specialized expat account that knows this exemption very clearly. This is something their company works on a lot with a lot of different expats in different countries. So I've been speaking to him about that. And so we'll see if I decide to stay in the United States that's entire 60 days or if I leave for portions of it in order to not exceed the 35-day period. Because what I could also do is wait till the visa is ready and then swing through the U.S. to get it if I need to on the way over to Portugal. So in the meantime, I could be potentially, and of course I'll be speaking with my lawyer about the best path for me and then also my accountant as well. But there's a potential that it might be nice to leave the U.S. And also, like I may have mentioned, the guest house I'm staying in now is available for me until mid-February, but then there are other guests that are planned to stay, friends and family of the house. So it's not like I could be staying in the guest house, which is my favorite place in Hawaii to stay. I've looked for some Airbnbs in different islands and even here in Oahu, but nothing's felt like the flowy, obvious next step. So then I've been recently, and this is kind of bringing us up to today, Erica, the one that I mentioned, the friend from Maui, she was actually here on Oahu with her family. So I was able to see her over the last week a few times. And yesterday, it occurred to me that Mexico, where Matt's been popping around for the last few months, could be a potential place that I might be able to go as well that would be warm and work with all of my summer clothes that I now am in possession of in my suitcases. And also help me with the foreign earned income exemption, but also keep me not too, too far away from the U.S. to swing back through for the visa. So I was thinking about Mexico and then Erica was telling me her experiences and places there because I've only gone to Cabo years and years ago. So I don't really know much about Mexico. And she was giving me her recommendations. And then she also said, out of the blue, she's like, you know, you really should also consider Belize. And I said, yeah, tell me about that. I've heard the name before, but I don't know anything about the name Belize. I don't know if it's a city, a country, where it is, no clue. I just knew it was tropical, whatever it was, but I didn't know anything more than that. She goes, oh my gosh, it's right near Mexico. It's its own country. She was telling me all about it. And I was like, okay, cool. Of course, my mind was still very focused on Mexico. But then as of this morning, this is like literally bringing up to the flow of this now moment, I was hearing my inner voice and I looked at Airbnbs and some videos about Tulum and Sayulita, Mexico, which were interesting possibilities to consider possibly going to, but nothing was feeling like I needed to book it anytime soon. It's very much in the slothy mode right now, not in the cheetah mode, but it's like on the radar and it's cooking in the oven, so to speak, if it's going to happen. But this morning, my inner voice kept saying Mayan ruins, Mayan ruins. And I had like peeked at some stuff and I knew there were Mayan ruins, I think near Tulum. So I was like, okay, I guess maybe it's leading me to Tulum, which is a little bit surprising since I hadn't felt the warm and fuzzies too much. I'm intrigued by Tulum, but I just don't know with all of my luggage and for the amount of time I might be looking to stay in Mexico, if I want to be in that kind of environment for a long period of time, I just don't know. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like thinking that's where the Mayan temples are. Like that must be what it's kind of indicating to me. But then I was on a call with my friend Eileen who lives in London. I told her, oh, my friend mentioned Belize. And she goes, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And I said, yeah, but my inner voice has been saying Mayan ruins. But And then as she mentioned Belize, my inner voice is saying Belize, Belize, Belize. And I was like, oh gosh, my mind's thinking, shut it down. Don't listen to the inner voice. I don't want to go to Belize. My mind doesn't know anything about Belize. But then when I said this to Eileen, she goes, Jess, there's Mayan ruins in Belize. And I was like, what? Because I had no idea. Like I, you could tell me there are, like there's a river of golden coins in Belize and there are fairies and elves and Santa Claus lives in Belize. You could have told me anything about Belize because I didn't know anything about it. But here I am being told there are Mayan ruins and my inner voice has been cheering about Belize. I'm like, wow. I have now at this point only known those two things. So I have no idea anything more than I apparently now know there are Mayan ruins in Belize. And I know that I can take a negative COVID test and arrive in Belize, but that's as far as I've come. So I do not know the next unfoldings, but of course we'll be able to share along as I go. But I've got to say this year, and even COVID looking back on it, I know there are different people believe different things about whether you have immunity from having COVID. I haven't been able to get the immunity test, but I'd love to if it ever flows to get it. But I feel very personally, well, not afraid of getting COVID again, 
but also I also really feel strongly that I probably have potentially the immunity to it as well. So I just feel like that was an interesting experience for me to have had before traveling. Just on a personal level, of course, I still follow the guidelines of the locations I'm in for everybody else's sake, but it just feels like this nice peace of mind. I never felt like I needed, but now I have it either way, I guess, if that makes sense. And I'm open, like I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm not against getting it again. I'm not for getting it again. I'm not like adamant about anything. It's actually really nice to feel like, okay, I have no idea where my inner voice is gonna take me to next. I have no idea if it will be Belize. That will be beyond my mind's even ability. Remember the other day when I shared there's two ways of creation and and attracting and creating your own reality. And one was to use the mind, which is like window shopping and looking at the mannequins. And the other is to trust your inner voice can go into the store and find every item of clothing that might be perfect for you and choose for you. I feel like my inner voice, let's just say, as an example, Belize. I didn't even know it was a country until Erica mentioned it. And I didn't know, you know, about the Mayan ruins. Like, this is truly, if that ended up happening, completely out of my radar. Like, as of 48 hours ago, I didn't even know anything about it. So my mind could never have selected that, nor would I have wanted to mentally get out of Portugal for a country I didn't even know existed at that point in time. So it's so interesting to see the unknown surprises and things that occur, but also in the things that the mind says yes to or says is good or the things the mind says is bad or not good. It's like, what an interesting thing. And I can also just say, literally, this is like the opposite of how my mind would have planned 2020 to go or 2021. My mind would not have picked getting COVID. It would not have picked leaving Portugal. Maybe it would have wanted to go to Hawaii, but like it would, I don't know. It just like would not have picked the visa process to take so long. It wouldn't have picked, it wouldn't have picked, it wouldn't have picked. But at the same time, what's occurring is quite unexpectedly beautiful. And I can say everyone's experience is going to look completely unique to their own inner voice. But I can say that if you follow your own inner voice, you're going to have a completely unexpected, most likely experience as well of what your life will become. But also there's just so many more potentials than your mind even knows to imagine that open up to you. Even though there's a level of mental stress to the mind to be able to walk away from things that it's perplexed by. My mind would have picked 2021, don't get COVID, get the purple property and start spending all my time in lockdown working, get the mortgage process going, start getting plans for the renovation. That's what it would have picked. Mentally, it would have picked all of that and it would have stayed put. But obviously my inner voice has had a very different set of choices. Now, am I unhappy? No, 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 I'm quite happy. But I just know that if my mind had to plan it out, that's the way it would have planned. But as I'm living it out, it's nothing like my mind would have planned, but I'm really enjoying what it is. And when it gets a bit overwhelming or scary, like let's say Belize to my mind, doesn't still know anything more than it's a place I could go to the Mayan ruins. I don't have to rush the mind too quickly either. It's not like my inner voice is like saying, buy the ticket now and and get there immediately. It's just like, okay, so like in a week or two, that could be a potential. Or there could be a guest that doesn't end up coming to the guest house and I could stay longer in the guest house or, or, or. There's so many things. Or I could go to Mexico like I was thinking in the first place. Or I could do Mexico and Belize. Or I could go to Belize and then go to California. I have no idea. I don't know. But I know that, Am I happy right now? Like right in this now moment, am I happy? Yes. Is everything okay right now? Yes. Do I need to make any big changes right now? No, it's okay. You kind of just dial it back for the mind, not from the planning of too far into the future, but just into the now and the now and the now. And it was interesting to even see how this whole Hawaii thing in bits and pieces at the perfect time and alignment. Like I actually had the idea of Hawaii, like we said, like a week or two, I forget the exact dates, like a week or two before I actually ended up flying. But that timing of when the idea popped was actually perfect for saving the clothes and putting those aside. So it was like, I I knew just enough to do just enough. And then as more happened, more happened. And even like, I didn't know why I was waiting around if I was going to go. It turned out that the extension on the lease was required and that was so much easier to do because I was still there at the time. So it all flowed beautifully, but not as my mind would have expected it. So if that can be useful and if I can do anything to be 
of use for you. I have no idea what your inner voice will guide you to, but I know the inner voices of everyone are connected in in everyone's well-being. And I know that the minds are often (laughs) the stressful parts of ourselves, generally speaking, much of the time, let's just say. And so if I can just be someone that's just an example that's living the unknown one step at a time and just showing that it can be done and it can look completely bewildering to the mind and it actually looks a lot more adventurous. I think you might notice that about me. It looks a lot more adventurous <laughs> than my mind actually is. The life I live is far more adventurous than my mind. My mind would have chosen, like I said, sitting in Lisbon in the apartment, not with COVID and with the plans and plotting a, a apartment and a renovation project. That's what it would totally be working on if it had chosen. So this looks extremely different, but there's just a trust that there's a reason that that property wouldn't be right for me, especially after, like I said, seeing Detroit and how beautifully that unfolded for me from start to finish because I was so unwavering that it had to align in order to happen, and then it did. It's kind of set a new standard. I can't expect every situation will unfold with such great alignment, but I know it's possible. And so now it's like, yeah, like that's the not the standard, but that's like the level of alignment I'd like to have in all property purchases. Like to ever get a place where I feel less confident or less aligned would be like, well, why would you do that? There could be something even more aligning that you just haven't seen yet somewhere else. So just stay open, basically. Just stay open. And so that's basically what I'm doing in the complete unknown, is staying open. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this Flow Diaries. I think this is like a really fun way of doing the Flow Diaries because I was able to cover a lot of story arc and little pieces along the way that kind of all chink into place. You can see how everything up to this point over the last, I guess, five or so weeks has happened in such a beautiful way. And let's just see where it goes next. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.